Good evening tonight. It's good to be here. Open your Bibles, if you would, the Song of Solomon, chapter 3. Song of Solomon, chapter 3. name of the message is Desiring Christ's Presence. Desiring Christ's Presence. Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. We'll read that. By night on my bed I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. I will rise now and go about the city in the streets, and in the broad ways I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. The watchmen that go about the city found me to whom I said, saw ye, whom, saw ye him whom my soul loveth? It was but a little that I passed from them, but I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. I charge you, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that she stir not up, nor awake my love, till he please. Now last week we looked at the last four verses of chapter 2. And we looked at how we are sheltered in the Lord Jesus Christ, and how the bride longs to hear the voice of her beloved. We long to hear the voice of our beloved of our heavenly bridegroom. And he longs to hear her voice. He longs to hear her voice. He longs to hear her voice in prayer and in praise to him, who is the lover of our souls. We looked at how the Lord calls his bride his dove. He calls his bride his dove. And here is something that I did not bring out last week that Gil brings forth about the church being called a dove by Christ. The dove is a creature innocent and harmless. We looked at that last week. Beautiful, cleanly, and chaste. Sociable and fruitful. Weak and timid, a mournful voice, and swift and flying, all which is suitable to the church and the people of, people of God. They are harmless and inoffensive in their lives and conversations. They are beautiful through the righteousness of Christ on them. That's the only reason we are beautiful. The only reason we're fair in the eyes of Christ is because of his righteousness. And the grace of the Spirit in them. They are clean through the word Christ has spoken and having their hearts purified by faith, they are as chaste virgins, a spouse to Christ. And their love to him is single and true. Single and true. He's everything to us. They cleave to him. They cleave to him. Just as we looked at this morning. He's our only hope. He's our only hope. They are fruitful in grace and good works, and they are swift in flying to Christ for both safety and protection. Swift to fly to Christ, aren't we? Whenever we go through trials and tribulations, we're swift to fly to Christ in all, in all times of life. 
Then we considered we need to guard against the little foxes. And this is a charge against a charge to guard against and suppress our own sinful nature. We still battle sin, don't we? All the time. All the time. We need to guard against these things. And we looked at verse 16 where a preacher could spend weeks, literally spend weeks. My beloved is mine and I am his and he feedeth among the, the lilies. You, that's a verse you can't exhaust. His by creation, his by choice, his by purchase. Just a small sampling of what you could look at. And then we looked at the sweet communion the saint has with her Savior. The bride has with the bridegroom. And our desire is to what? To have more and more fellowship with him. More and more communion with him. More and more. We desire to have communion with he who is the lover of our souls. The Lord Jesus Christ. Now tonight we start chapter 3 of Song of Solomon. I hope to look at the first five verses. So let's start in verse 1. It says, By night on my bed I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I, I found him not. At the close of the preceding chapter, we saw the bride delighting in her blood and the bridegroom delighting in her. She was longing for more communion with him who is the lover of her soul. And this is what the bride of Christ desires, be it through the listening of the gospel or the reading of the scriptures or the study of the scriptures or personal prayer. We desire communion with our great Savior. And we, we who love the Lord seek his manifest presence, don't we? We desire that. There's nothing more desirable, nothing more pleasant for the believer than communion with our Lord. And those who enjoy the spiritual presence and fellowship of Christ are supremely blessed. And they are favored by God. Favored by God and supremely blessed. And again, it has nothing to do with us, does it? We're not deserving of this. Now here in this verse, though, we have a, a great change of circumstances. By night on my bed I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I, but I found him not. We have a change of circumstances here. Evidently, Christ had withdrawn himself, not leaving her, right? Not leaving her. He's promised to never leave his people nor forsake them, but he's withdrawn himself from her for a time. And think of this. The church is sensitive when this happens. The bride of Christ is sensitive when this happens. What instruction is here before us, we who are the blood-bought children of God? Whenever the Lord hides his face from the bride, it is to make his people to value and to esteem him more and more. More and more. To make us earnestly desire his presence more and more. And these times may come to give us a greater desire for him. Note the church, the bride is aware of this time. By night on my bed I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him but I found him not. Now note in our Next few verses, too, as we go through them, the bride, the church, realizing he has withdrawn, earnestly seeks the bridegroom. Earnestly seeks him. 
And let us note that there's no change in love that the bridegroom has from the bride. There's no change in his love for her. He's just withdrawn his presence from her for a little bit. But there's no change in how he feels about her. Think of this. During these times, Christ works on the heart of the believer. He works on the heart of the believer. And maybe even for a church, if they go through that time. He works on the, he works on the hearts of the people. Why? For us to seek him. For us to seek him. And let us note, take note here that the church, the bride, is going forth to seek him. This is plain proof that our Lord will preserve and keep his church. He will preserve and keep his church during times of trial and tribulation, during times of heaviness of the soul. And we go through those things, don't we? We go through some soul agony sometimes. Sometimes no one else knows about it. But God knows. He knows. And he keeps us. The believer of Christ was still the one. The believer in Christ is still the one who he loves. And we see the bride was not resolved to rest in this condition where he had withdrawn himself, right? By night, on my bed, I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. She's not, res she, she's not resolved to rest in this situation. This is a sad condition. And she proclaims, I will seek him. I will seek him. She would not rest until she had found him and brought him into her, into her mother's house. And she will hold him and not let him go. We see that in verse 4 later on in our study. But look at verse 2. I will seek him whom my soul loveth. And let's look at all of verse 2 right now. I will rise now and go about the city in the streets and in the broad ways. I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. Now note this too. Note this. The bride's not driven off because she did not find him in the first verse. She's not driven off. She's not driven off at all. She arises and she diligently seeks him whom her soul loveth. Matthew Henry brings this nugget forth from this text about the bride seeking the bridegroom in the city, in the streets. We must seek in the city in Jerusalem, which was a type of the gospel church. The likeliest place to find Christ is in the temple, in the streets of the gospel church, where the children of Zion pass and repass at all hours. She seeks him. And notice she continues to seek him whom her soul soul loves. But let us always remember, her love for him was still the same. It's unchanging. It's unchanging. It had not lessened. It was not abated. One commentator said it was more likely increased through disappointment. Note she's not discouraged, but the bride is determined to go on seeking till she find him. John Gill brings forth, when the, 
when the scripture proclaims the latter part of this verse, I sought him, but I found him not. This was to chastise her for former negligence, to try her faith, love, and patience, and to show that even the best means are not to be depended upon. And that Christ has his own time and way to make himself known to his people, which depends all upon his sovereign will. In note verse 3, the watchmen that go about the city found me, to whom I said, Saw ye him whom my soul loveth? The watchmen are the ministers of the gospel in the church, here called the city. They are called watchmen in the Old Testament. As it is their duty to watch over them themselves and the gospel they preach and the doctrine we believe. The preacher proclaims salvation in no other than Christ. No other than Christ. Warning sinners that they will perish outside of him. They will perish without Christ. And the preacher proclaims that lost sinners are on the broad road to destruction. The broad road to destruction. To the saints, the watchman proclaims the truth. The truth of the gospel, which is all about Christ. And the preacher exhorts the saints and comforts God's people by the preaching of the gospel. And preaching the gospel also guards against error and heresy. As the saints discern by the Holy Spirit of God the truth from a lie. And note the watchmen go about the city. Hawker brings out that this is the gospel preacher laboring in the preaching of the word. Turn, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is the gospel preacher laboring in the preaching of the word of God. And 2 Timothy 4.2 comes alive with this text. I'll read our text again. The, the watchmen that go about the city found me, to whom... I said, saw ye him whom my soul loveth? And then look at 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 1 to 4. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Oh, preach the gospel. Preach Christ. Proclaim Christ in him crucified. Nothing else. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They they're heaped to themselves false preachers who will tell them what they want to hear. We were talking about that yesterday. Things that won't offend them. Oh. Well, the gospel preacher preaches the gospel. We hold nothing back. We hold nothing back. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Oh, so many do that. And she'll be turned into fables. Let's go back to Song of Solomon, chapter 3. 
verses 4 and 5 we'll read now. It was but a little that I passed from them. But I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the fields, that ye stir not up, nor awake my love, till he pleased. Till he pleased. Now for the redeemed of the Lord, we, we desire communion with our, with our God. We desire communion with our Savior. This is what we desire. And it says it was but a little that passed from them. And this presence that we desire is not a bodily presence because we know that our Lord is in glory. But we know that God, Jesus, is everywhere. Now, the Catholics say that the Lord's body is present with them in the Mass, and this is a lie, nothing but a lie, because Spurgeon brings this forth. Such persons unwittingly deny the humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ. For if he has indeed assumed our humanity and is in all points made like unto his brethren, his flesh and his blood cannot be in two places at one time. That's a quote from Spurgeon. Can't be in two places at one time. Where is the God-man mediator right now? He's in glory. He's in glory. Right now. As a man, he's only in heaven. He's God and man in one person. And he's the mediator and head of the church. That's where he is. And since our Lord is a real man, the God-man is in heaven... His bodily presence is no longer with the church, is it? But he's present with us in our services, in our meetings, by the Holy Ghost. By the Holy Ghost. The Comforter. We looked at that this morning. He sends the Comforter, whom the Father has sent in his name. In his name. And may this be the cry of every blood-bought, redeemed heart when we meet together to worship. May this be the cry. Lord, give me fellowship with thyself through the preaching of thy word. Oh, Lord. Speak to my heart, Lord, please. Speak to my heart. Because we desire fellowship with him, don't we? And how does he speak to us? Through his word. Through his word. I ask you who are the blood-bought saints of God, does not your heart get comforted when you hear the preaching of the gospel? Does it not make your heart sing? Oh my. If all you hear is the preacher, then you haven't heard nothing. Several grace preachers say that all the time. The preacher's just a mouthpiece. He proclaims the word of God and the Holy Spirit takes the word and, and, and 
uses it for whatever means he desires with the belief. And it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. So may this be our cry as we meet. Every time we meet, oh Lord, give me fellowship with, with thyself through the preaching of thy word, through the preaching of thy gospel. And may we desire fellowship with our Lord each time we meet together. And if sin obstructs our fellowship with God, may we be quick to repent. May we be quick to repent. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh my. So this is a spiritual presence that the believer desires. The presence of the Holy Spirit of God. Without the presence of the Holy Spirit, we have no strength, do we? Because we, we know we have no strength on our own. We know. We know. But oh, how much we rely on our great God. He's everything. We rely on him for everything. So this is a spiritual presence spoken of here. It was but a little that I passed from them, but I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. Note in verse 4, a little bit of time has passed by. After she was speaking to the watchman, one commentator brought out that she did not wait for an answer from the watchman, but hurried off. Hurried off. But it was just a little... A little while after she had passed from him. A small amount of time or a little distance from the watchmen or ministers and she finds he, who, he whom her soul loves. And note the bride proclaims, I have found him whom my soul loveth. And she is filled with joy. She's filled with joy. Her searching for him has not proved fruitless. And he's revealed himself to her. And her finding him is proof. Now think of this. Her finding him is proof of the greatness of his love for her. Ponder that. Her finding him is proof of the greatness of his love for her. And it also displays the freeness and sovereignty of God's love for his people. Turn, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 65. Isaiah chapter 65. I ask you who are redeemed, did you seek the Lord? Well, we can say we were made willing, right? Because that's what scripture says. We were made willing. But did we seek the Lord on our own? No. We know that no, no, one, seeks, no one seeks God, Scripture declares. Not in their natural state, right? None. Look at Isaiah 65, verse 1. Is this not our natural state? And is not this the state when we're made willing to flee to Christ? I am sought of them that ask not for me. My, 
Did you seek people out who didn't want to be around you? See how God's ways are our ways. Oh, my. And we know from other scriptures that, that we're enemies in our minds with God before we're saved. Would you seek out he who is an enemy of you? I am sought of them that ask not for me. I am found of them that sought me not. I said, Behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. And then turn, if you would, over to Isaiah 62. Isaiah 62. The bride seeks the Lord only because he first sought her out. The bride seeks the Lord only because he first sought her out. And again, she desires his his presence. She desires communion with him. Isaiah 62, verse 12. And they shall call them the holy people. The redeemed of the Lord. A holy people. Sinners call the holy people. How can that be? Oh, because we're sanctified by Him. Sanctified by the Spirit. We looked at that today. Sanctified by the Father, Son, and the Spirit. And they shall call them the holy people. The redeemed of the Lord. That means He purchased them. And look at that. It's the redeemed of Jehovah. Lord, there is Jehovah. The purchased of Jehovah. God himself became a man. The Lord Jesus Christ himself. God incarnate in the flesh. Died to redeem these people spoken of in this text. The redeemed of the Lord. The purchased of the Lord. Thou shalt, call, thou shalt be called sought out. If you're a believer, you were sought out by the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? He sought of them that asked not for, not for me. Found of them that sought me not. Remember? And then it says here, Thou shalt be called sought out. A city, look at this wonderful word. The city not forsaken. The believer will never be forsaken. Never. Let's go back to Song of Solomon, chapter 3. It says, it was but a little that I passed from them, but I found him whom my soul loveth. Oh, she went out and sought him. Thy people shall be made willing in the day of thy power. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. So the rest of the verse says, I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. Now we see here that the bride lays hold of him and will not let him go. Will not let him go. This is expressive of the bride, the bride's faith in Christ. The bride's faith in Christ, which pictures her as laying a hold of him. Laying hold of him. Have you laid hold of Christ? If you haven't, I pray, Lord, make you willing to lay hold of him. 
那头。The bride lays hold of the bridegroom, laying hold of his person. And think of this: of we who are redeemed, we lay hold of his person, don't we? Trust in our eternal soul to him and him alone. Do we rest in his righteousness? Yes, we rest in the fact that we're clothed in his righteousness. We lay hold of the grace and strength which he gives us. To those who lay hold upon Christ, he's a tree of life for them, and we rejoice in him alone. She has hold of him. The arms of faith embrace him, and she will not let him go. Fearing that he should withdraw from her again. Now, here's something I want us to ponder. Here's something I want us to ponder: the fact that he is willing to be held by her. The fact that he is willing to be held by her. Who could hold him if he did not will it? Think of that. Could we hold on to Christ, we who believed, if He didn't will it? He keeps us, beloved. He keeps us. He keeps us hanging on. It's all Him. He's the omnipotent Savior. And if he willed to withdraw, he could do so, and none could stop him. So think of this too. Ponder this also, along with this, along with what we just looked at. Ponder this. Mark the condescension of the Lord Jesus Christ, the condescension of our heavenly Bridegroom. He desires to be held by His bride. He desires to have communion with her. And to be held by her. Oh, beloved of God, may we by faith embrace Him with arms of mighty affection towards Him. May we set our head upon His breast and be carried away, be carried away in our hearts by the love that He has for us. And every believer can say that. Oh, may I just rest upon my Savior. If you get down, because we do. Ponder the love of Christ towards you. If you're one of His blood-bought children, you ponder that. Oh, it'll lift your heart. It'll lift your heart. He loves me. So the bride lays a hold upon Him. Not against his will, but by his will. She lays a hold upon him, not against his will, but by his will. She's made willing in the day of God's power to seek him. And then she's made willing to continue to seek him. It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. The text continues, until I had bought him 
into my mother's house and in the chamber of her that conceived me. This is a reference to the tents and apartments that women had in former times. In biblical times, the women had their own, their own tents. Separate from their husbands. And one commentator brings out, this may be understood as either the visible church where the believer is born again by the Holy Spirit of God under the preaching of the gospel. This is where the saint is bought up and nourished. And where Christ may be said to be bought. When his name is professed, where his gospel is embraced, and where his gospel is proclaimed. The church, the bride, is desirous of having Christ proclaimed that she may magnify Christ with others and that they may magnify him and praise him for his mercy and grace which has been given to them in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then verse 5, I charge you, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and the hinds of the field, that ye stir not up, nor awake my love, till he pleases. We see this same exact verse over in chapter 2, verse 7. I charge ye, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that ye stir not up, nor awake my love, till he pleases. These are the words of the bride who, having experienced an an absence of Christ and having been at much pains, which we saw in our text tonight, in search of him, she's now found him and was very unwilling to part with him. And the church is delighted with communion, delighted with her beloved, delighted that she's in the arms of her bridegroom. And this is all she desires. And she wants nothing to interrupt her communion with him. Nothing. Beloved of God, let us never doubt our Lord is ever with us. And what joy for the believer through through all turn against them. The Lord is ever with us. He's ever with us. May God be glorified in the preaching of his word. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank thee. Oh, we thank thee for the precious scriptures we've looked at tonight. Oh, Lord. You have sought us out, purchased us with your precious blood. We who are redeemed by thy precious blood. You made us willing to seek thee. and Lord, now we continue to seek thee. We gather together to hear thy word preached and proclaimed. Oh, Lord. And we only love thee because you first loved us. May we leave here in awe. May we leave here in awe of the great love which you have for your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.